Hello and welcome to Weekly MTG. After the debut, I'm Steve Sanu alongside Chris Peeler. Chris, that was a crazy Hello. video. That was a crazy video. God, yeah, that was that was so fun. I mean, it's been so great finally being able to showcase what we've been working on for so long. And uh, I've only known pests for so long, but I will I, I will do everything I can to protect them. I, I'm here for I'm, my little grubby boys. I do feel like that sentiment is probably shared by quite a few people that got to got to see all this stuff today. There was a lot going on there, a lot of things going on. For those of you that uh, felt like if you blinked and you missed it, there would be uh, you weren't able to quite get all the content there or read all of the cards. Those will be going live, of course, on Daily MTG today. So you can check out dailymtg.com. We've got some preview cards here for you today on this show. Some we real, do. real unexpected ones, and uh, and I'm really excited to get to talking about those. But first. We're going to go through some of the creative, a little bit of the development of Strixhaven. I'll give you a little bit of a, more of an in-depth look as to how the set was crafted and uh, where creatively the spark sort of came from for that. Uh, in order to do that, we need to introduce our special guests, which of course are Doug Byer and Mike Turian, friends of the show. Let's bring them on board. Doug and Mike, hello. Good morning. Hey. And Chris, how's it going? Really, really well. It's great, it's great to be here. here. <laughs> great to be here, guys. So excited. Lo loved what I was just watching. It's uh, I'm so, so excited to be talking about Strixhaven after after so long working on it. It's yeah, it's Mike been a has really been a long time coming for sure. Yeah, yeah, Mike has actually been in that same chair in the same shirt since filming this whole time. <laughs> Hasn't moved. Just wanted to be ready, raring to go right when this this video happened. Well, let's it's my uh, dedication. Let's <laughs> Mike is one of the most dedicated people of magic that I know. So uh, let's kick things off here really quickly with, uh, you know, we, we saw in the video a little bit about the visual creative center and sort of a little bit about how Strixhaven began from a visual standpoint. But Doug, uh, you were you were on the creative team for this uh, from the from the very beginning. What was the spark for developing a set like Strixhaven? We really wanted to lean into a magic set that was about instance of sorcery. That was, that was a card type we hadn't really showcased um, in other worlds. So we built the entire world around that. What's a world that showcases the use of spell magic? And the idea of a, a wizard school, a university for mages, really solidified the idea and brought together this idea of the colleges as being the ways that you express this uh, interest in instance so, uh, you know, we saw in the the debut video, everybody saw in the debut video, that uh, the, the Biblioplex there is sort of the center of, uh, is one of the major uh, features of Strixhaven that houses all of these, uh, all of these incredible spells. That, thank you very much, producer Sean, for pulling up that image. Uh, all these incredible spells. Uh, does that mean that the plane of Arcavios is aware of other planes that are out there? That's not something that we've really seen before in Magic. That's right. Uh, the, this world, the world is, the plane is called Arcavios, the University of Strixhaven. The, the world of Arcavios is more aware of other worlds than a lot of planes in the multiverse. Um, mages at Strixhaven actively uh, seek out and collect spell magic from other planes. Not all of them have been to other worlds. They might not know exactly what Ravnica is all about, but they've heard of it. And uh, so, yeah, this this plane is much more aware of the multiverse at large. It's interested in magic across planes much more than other worlds. Uh, can you can you tell us a little bit about some of those really really cool dragons that founded founded colleges seven hundred years ago? I wish a dragon had founded my college seven hundred years ago, uh, mm -hmm. but regrettably that was not the case. It was founded, I assume, by a human. But I really don't know my history that well. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like maybe the, the lower hall dragon can help you out. Um, the, on Arcavios, the, the, the world was torn by war uh, centuries ago. And uh, the act that brought peace, relative peace, to uh, the world was the creation of Strixhaven. And that was when these five founder dragons came together to uh, found an institution to teach their style of magic. So each of the dragons is one of the enemy color pairs. And they're, uh, each of those dragons is sort of emblematic of the type of magical study that happens in their college. Uh, so I don't want to leave chat hanging for too long before we show them some kind of card content here. Uh, so given 
that all of these uh, all of these colleges were founded by a dragon. It seems pretty logical that those dragons would have a card in the set. Does that sound about right, Doug? Uh, I think that is very accurate. Uh, let's not let's not leave people hanging too too long. Uh, Sean, please show the dragon card that we have to preview today from the main set. Uh, it is one of the Elder Dragon founders. It is Shadrix, Silver Quill, legendary creature, Elder Dragon, three generic mana, a white and a black. This is, of course, the Silver Quill founder, given its name, Shadrix, Silver Quill. Has a lot of abilities on there. Uh, Chris Peeler, first thoughts on Shadrix, Silver Quill. Uh, first off, uh, all of the Elder all the Dragons here on uh, Arcabios founding Strixhaven, uh, continuing the long tradition of naming things after themselves, uh, which I deeply respect. Uh, if you if you have the chance to implant your name on something that's going to be around for a couple hundred years if you're a dragon, good call. Um, but no, this is such an interesting design, right? Like, it has uh, sort of this kind of white, black, group hug, group slug political element to it, which I think is super fun. Um, I know as soon as I read that, that last mode a little bit ago, uh, I just had like flashbacks to Citadel Siege in Fate Reforged Draft, just like that accumulating uh, effect that you get of being able to just continuously pump up your creatures every combat. Uh, it's it's not going to be super fun for your opponent, but uh, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, making some some little inkling tokens and getting into the red zone. This is good times. Uh, Doug Shadrick Silverquill, what is Shadrick Silverquill all about? Where what what motivates? Uh, Shadricks, what what drove them to found the College of Silverquill? Yeah, so Shadrick is, is, is a master of uh, the magic of light and darkness, and the way that that's expressed in, uh, in language, in the written word, in the spoken word. So um, we built the design of, of Shadricks around this look of living ink, the kind of, you know, the, the Words on the page kind of bring together white and black, white and darkness, and the the, the eloquence aspect that is the focus of um, this college. So, Adrix represents uh, the most powerful use of a sharp wit. Yeah, and uh, uh, just you... a huge uh, shout out to the creative team here, uh, getting getting Kikai Kotaki to do the alternate art here, who just has such like a a painterly style about him and really capturing that spirit of, of ink wash and uh, splashing ink on the page. There we go. Thank you, Sean, so much for showing that. That's that's just a good dragon right there. It's Love a it. really good-looking dragon. It's a really, really ridiculously good-looking dragon, and it shows up on the borderless version of this, which relates to Booster Fun, which is why we have Mike Turian here today. Uh, Mike, what's going on with Booster Fun as relates to these dragons? Is Shadrix the only borderless? Are we going to see... Uh, a, a lot of borderless cards in this. What's going on with that? So uh, you, you'll see all five of these 700-year-old or uh, uh, elder dragons in borderless, um, as well as the planeswalkers in the set. So, uh, and when we're saying borderless, that includes both that amazing borderless frame that you see and uh, the alternate art that that Chris was highlighting there. So um, e each of the elder dragons has that, as well as the planeswalkers. And, and in terms of if you're looking for those in uh, in packs, you'll be able to find those in draft packs, draft boosters, set boosters, and collector boosters. So, um, but basically, you'll you'll have a chance uh, at getting those when you're opening up uh, any one of those trick saving boosters. You know, I we I've got some people in chat uh, talking a little bit about. They're asking, you know, should we want to see all all the dragons. Uh, we can't show you all the dragons, but we can confirm that there is one Dragon Founder card for each college that's out there. So uh, when you're going through preview season, you'll be able to see not just the uh, the Dragon Founder that's going to show up in the main set, but Mike, each of those Dragon Founders has a borderless version as well, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Each of each of them both has their, well, I'll say their main set version um, and then a borderless version. You know, we, we as the Dragon Founders... Right. Not only did they were wise enough to put their names on their uh, on their colleges, it's uh, <laughs> we, we wanted to give, give them a, a little extra special uh, treatments <laughs> in their artwork as well. 
Doug, creatively, you know, we, we see a lot of dragons in Magic. I'm pretty sure there have been very few Magic sets out there that didn't have a dragon in it. Uh, but certainly the opportunity to really delve in deep to a legendary dragon, let alone five, uh, that haven't shown up before in Magic's history has to have been a really cool challenge. Could you talk a little bit about how you developed all five of these dragons and where where the inspiration for that came from? We, we, we knew pretty early on that we wanted um, dragons to found the uh, five colleges. This was an opportunity to print a cycle of enemy colored legendary dragons, which I think has not happened before. And um, so we wanted that to be fused into the, um, the identity of, of these colleges. Um, so we, <laughs> we worked with uh, Tyler Jacobson, who actually did a lot of the concept art that went into the design of the look of these dragons. And then Raymond Swanland did the, well, I think Raymond did all five of the main set um, versions of them. And then various artists did the uh, art of the uh, borderless version. And uh, it was just really fun to embody the philosophies and, and academic area of study of each of each college into the design of that dragon, Velamakis uh, has you know these the ribbons that represent um, the scrolls and lore history that Lorehold focuses on, um, and uh, Galzath has has like elemental mastery all around them. Um, like it, it was just a cool creative exercise to change the anatomy of the dragon based on the kind of magic and the kind of academic study. They are really, really, really cool. Uh, and like I said, it, it must have been amazing to get to work on a cycle of legendary dragons uh, that are all going to have their own personalities and uh, hopefully have some kind of impact in the the story that's going to be going on, which, in fact, I think the first installment drops today. And you're going to be able to see future installments of Magic Story for free on DailyMTG.com. Uh, and there will be two different sort of uh, stories running at the same time. The first is going to be the uh the main story where you'll see a lot of our planeswalker characters and what's going on with them and that will normally be publishing on wednesdays and then on fridays you'll also get sort of a university life a strixhaven university life installment where you can see uh you know sort of the day-to-day -day of what happens with these students and these teachers on on this incredible campus that i wish was real so that we could all uh actually attend it and get our diplomas from strixhaven uh i'd get a master's there for sure <laughs> yeah, we, we'd all just want to stay there as long as possible, right? Um, you know, I while while we're while we're talking about it before we get to more cards, and we will, I promise, chat, we will get to more cards. Uh I I love that we found a new way to do color pairs uh that identifies with a different aspect of what those color pairs mean. Uh, you know, Doug from the from the creative side, uh, how difficult was that to sort of separate the uh, the colleges from the guilds, the most popular, uh, you know, identification group of two colors in magic. Yeah, it, it really a testament to the flexibility of magic and, and, the, and the color system that we are able to uh, rethink what like red white is about and have it not be about Boros. Um, the gameplay of the of the schools is uh, different from the guilds. The, the, Feel of, of these color pairs, we, we leaned into different aspects of those color identities. Um, also, the, the, uh, the direction early on was to focus on the tension between the enemy colors here rather than the overlap and, and what's in common with them. It is not a, a happy merging of these two colors. Each, uh, each of these colleges has its own, has two deans, one for each of the, the two colors of that uh, college. And those deans bicker all the time, just like my own college experience. <laughs> like you know, the I was going to say that's that's classic. <laughs> that, that's that's built from real life. Uh, you know, the professors don't always see eye to eye, even about their own academic specialty. So the red aligned Laura Hole dean uh, has a very different philosophy on history than the white aligned Laura Hole. Um, you'll see more about the deans as more of the set comes out. But it's really fun to. Uh, reinvestigate these co combinations of colors with a new light, and it was just really cool to see all kinds of different ideas come out of uh, that new perspective and just reinvent what those identities mean. Still, I, I, 
I still will forgive people for saying Boros. Those, those words are, the, the guild names are like drilled deeply into our brains. Totally get it. But uh, if you can, for, for my sake, say Lorehold a couple of times. <laughs> and then when you're naming the deck or talking on coverage, it might, maybe it's a Lorehold deck. Mike, from the uh, from the perspective of the folks that were designing the product and designing the sets, uh, this was certainly a, a different, again, similar to creative. Uh, those those names are ingrained. Those concepts of of you know Boros Simic are ingrained. It's going to take a little while for people to come around to Quandrix uh, and and Lorehold. From the from a set design perspective, could you give a little bit of insight as to how uh, how the set approaches those ideas and sort of how it is that they um, they execute on some of that stuff. Yeah, well, what uh, what one big thing you'll see right away is because Strixhaven is a world that focuses on instants and sorceries. Magecraft, uh, the new Strixhaven mechanic, is across all five colors. It's a fi it's across all five college um, pairs. So uh, where where Ravnica had uh, each guild with its own uh, individual uh, mechanic, Strixhaven sort of has that more unity right in terms of hey when you're playing all of the colleges care about instants and sorceries that's just part of it and the same is true with learn and lesson right like everybody at, at Strixhaven is is there for for the education to learn to be learning about how to cast these new awesome spells um so so that that piece um is a big difference and then just from the color identities much like Doug was talking about uh sort of those tension between the colors, we, we wanted to give uh, each one of the colleges its own gameplay feel, right? And, you know, it wasn't really about focusing on different from Ravnica. It was more focusing on, oh, what's going to be fun and exciting and awesome about these colleges, right? Like when we're looking at that pest care, uh, the pest token that Witherbloom makes, right? That is a Witherbloom feature, right? So I, I can already tell Chris is excited about Witherbloom and it'll probably have a, a nice big stack of tokens uh, uh, all, all collected uh, and ready to go. It, I might give them all yeah. names. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a, make sure don't don't feed them water. They don't. They, they that's yeah, not no. uh, not not recommended. Um, but yeah, just just all all throughout the the process of uh, Strixhaven, it was all right. What is what is going to make this college awesome? And and you can see that even, you know, in, in our first preview card today when we looked at Shadrix, right? It's just like a 2-5 flying Elder Dragon with double uh, uh, double strike just. and all these amazing abilities. <laughs> right. I mean, just, right. Like th that would that would be a good card if we stopped there. But the ability to choose two, it's just like, oh, you, you can see, you, you can see really how... How we're embracing that silver quill essence, um, even with the, uh, the elder dragon. Amazing. So we, uh, I, you, you went over lesson and learn, which I'm, I'm very glad that you did because I think there are some things that we can qualify uh, or clarify, not qualify, clarify on this show uh, yeah. about how that works, right? So, uh, you know. Lesson learn is going to work similar to how a lot of these mechanics of find a card from outside the game uh, work in Magic traditionally. They have to be in your sideboard for constructed Magic, and in fact, they have to be in your sideboard for limited Magic as well. You have to either have it in your sealed pool or have drafted it in advance, and it has to be sitting in your sideboard. Uh, lessons can also be included in your deck. You can just cast them if you want. You can include them in yep. your in your limited deck or your constructed deck, uh, and learn allows you to go get a lesson from out, that you own from outside the game, or it allows you to discard a card to draw a card. So there's always the option, if you don't have a lesson to get, to get to still use Learn. Um, I think that one of the biggest questions that we're going to have is how does Lesson Learn work in Commander? And Mike, would you like to, be a, would you like to give a little bit of uh, insight on that? Sure, yeah, so uh, when you, so you, you don't have a sideboard in Commander, right? When, you, when you're playing, if you're playing, I'll say, um, I'm going to use not necessarily competitive uh, commander, but uh, commander by the, the rules. Official, I, I yeah, exactly. The official commander rules. Sure. Yeah. If, if you're playing by the official commander rules, you don't have a sideboard. So therefore, when you cast uh, a spell with learn, 
you just you're not going to have a lesson that's outside the game to go get. Uh, and so instead, you'll likely just then go and discard, choose to discard a card to, to draw a card, right? Um, and then, and, and like you said, Steve, you can still include the lessons in in your deck. You can, of course, include learn cards in your deck. Uh, but in, in Commander, uh, if you're playing by the rules, you don't have a sideboard. Now, once again, if you're just if you're just getting together with your friends and you all agree to um, that you want to try out this learn lesson mechanic. You know, go to town if if your play group is on board with it. Of course, do whatever uh, uh, you're going to do. But but by the rules, uh, le- lessons aren't aren't going to be available to you. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, and such again, an important you, thing you to still... mention. Yeah, oh yeah, uh, you can yeah, just a... <laughs> go ahead, Chris. Oh, you, you got it. it. You got it. I love being on a delay doing this remotely. Fantastic. <laughs> delay is great. Um, no, no, yeah. So, like, as as always, you know, it's, it's great to uh, just have a chat with your play group before you get a game going, right? You know, there's there's a good chance that uh, your the table that you're sitting at is going to be totally fine with you know pulling uh, pulling cards from uh, from sort of a sideboard like slot, but yeah, it's just a matter of communicating and, and making sure that everybody has the most fun that they can. Yeah, and and again, want to emphasize that the the there are two ways that you can learn. You can get a lesson from outside the game, or you can discard a card to draw a card. Um, those are both options. So you it, it works with Commander. You can still play it and not get a lesson, and instead discard a card to draw a card. That's still a thing that you can do. Uh, let's talk about something that I think a lot of people are really really interested in. Just going to totally swerve swerve into a different topic here. Uh-oh. Uh, Mike. The mystical archive. So we, we, Sean, could you put up that that picture of the biblioplex again, please? Uh, so Doug mentioned before that the biblioplex is where all of these spells are cataloged from throughout the multiverse, uh, and the mystical archive is the game's way of sort of showing the uh, let let's call it the off limit section of the biblioplex, if you will, uh, with a lot of different spells in this treatment. Is that right? Yeah, the the mystical archive features. Um... 63 uh, instants and sorceries from throughout throughout magic um, and and like you said they're sort of they're sort of off in their own uh, re- the restricted area right you, if you're a first year student walking into the bibli- biblioplex you might uh, be able to crane your neck or uh, wonder oh what, what what's down those stairs but you're not gonna you're not gonna have uh, access to the mystical archive uh section uh, because yeah they're just such amazing spells so let's uh let's go ahead and should we show a mystical archive preview card that they haven't yeah, seen we, yet we i think could. We, i, I think mean we I, like let's, i don't and I don't we'll start, we'll start out with that. a pretty exciting yeah. one let's let's go ahead and put it put up the first right. one there sean uh Roll it. this is of course a spell that people that have been around in magic a long time will recognize it is channel uh so mike this is a very very well-known spell uh, channel is and uh, what what went into the selection process for some of these spells like channel? Well, yeah. So for it, it is a very well known spell, and it's and it's something that um, when your opponent casts, you, you you know you know you're in trouble, right? You better you, you better have a counter spell ready for whatever is uh, whatever is following it, or maybe just uh, uh, trying to stop the channel itself. Um, in, in in terms of selecting the cards. So, you know, like when you're talking about this sort of this restricted area, the, the you know some of the best spells that that Magic has ever seen, we that's that's what um, we looked for. Yanni, the lead designer, um, you know, really spent a lot of time taking a look at hey, what are some of these classic Magic uh, instants and sorceries that you know capture that that have excited players that capture those some of the awesomeness that we all love about magic right and so um you know when looking at green uh channel is just one of those those top spells is like look it is it is the best of the best right it really represents what um sort of that power that that green mages have have, uh, wielded for so long and you know a couple uh, of clarifications oh sorry go ahead chris go ahead Oh yeah, yeah. More more than any card, channel is definitely like the uh, photos taken moments before a disaster. You know, like as soon as channel <laughs> hits the table, it's always like it's it's never going to be the greatest thing for for your opponent. 
after the channel, but uh, ah, love it. So a little bit of clarification about mystical archive cards. You'll notice uh, the the set symbol. If you could uh, put channel back up there, Sean. Sorry. Uh, if you'll you'll notice the set symbol on the on the card there is a different set symbol than the uh, than the Strixhaven owl that we've seen. Uh, the that set symbol is for the Strixhaven mystical archive, and mystical archive cards are only legal in the formats that they are currently legal in. So channel is not coming to standard. It's not coming to modern. Channel is still only legal in the formats that it's currently legal in. Uh, additionally, these cards are going to show up in draft booster packs. I believe, Mike, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you get one uh, mystical archive card per draft booster pack and per set booster pack. But uh, in limited, you will be able to play this card if you want to, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so in, in every draft booster and in every set booster, you get... Um at least one mystical archive card. Uh, you have a, a chance at getting uh, a traditional foil uh, as well, so you can actually get um, a second one. And then for when you're playing in limited, they you know, if you draft it, then you, you can play it, right? So um, all, all 63 of the mystical archive cards, um, you know, we, we made sure to, to draft them and play them in limited. It really adds a, a little bit of uh, spice to the games when mm -hmm. it's like, well, they, they, do they really have that? They, I guess they, they have a chance of having it. It's a small chance, but um, that, that's something that uh, to look forward to of like, hey, not only are you drafting this amazing, uh, amazing magic card, but then you can use it to, to help you win in limited. That, that's a lot of fun. So uh, another thing about the Mystical Archive, these are just instants and sorceries. Uh, there are no creatures, there are no enchantments, there are no artifacts. These are only instants and sorceries. So, uh, and they range in rarities from uncommon all the way up to mythic rare. Uh, and we'll be talking a little bit about that with some of the other Mystical Archive preview cards that we have to show today. Uh, but one per pack, there is no clarification there. You get one per draft booster, one per set booster. That's how they show up. It's not one per box. It's one per draft booster, one per set booster. And you have a chance of getting a second one in the foil slot as well. Uh, a chance. <laughs> I don't know what the numbers are. Please don't ask me. I have no idea. Uh, the other thing that I'm seeing in chat is uh, historic legality. Sean, would you please put up that channel graphic once again, please? Maybe? Yes? Channel graphic? One more time. There we go. Yeah, there we, uh, go. we we did we did write it in the bottom left hand corner, but I do want to call it out. Uh, channel is going to be banned on day one in historic. However, uh, all the mystical archive cards will still show up in draft boosters for Magic: The Gathering Arena. So you'll be able to get these. You'll be able to draft these. It will be the true limited format that you'll get with tabletop, uh, but you will not be able to use certain cards in historic. Uh, so something to keep in mind. That list is going to be uh, going to be publicly available as to what is banned and what is not banned on day one. That will be available in an article on Daily MTG, so you can go check that out there. Uh, the other card that was revealed today that is also banned in Historic is Lightning Bolt. Lightning Bolt is banned in Historic, I can tell you that right now. Uh, and that will be reflected in the article on Daily. So uh, sorry to disappoint people, including myself, who would love to have seen Lightning Bolt be going Historic, uh, and Channel for that matter. Who doesn't want to channel an Ulamog in Historic? But unfortunately, uh, not really going to be able to happen. Those are banned on day one. Uh, Time Warp, I believe, will be legal. Uh, I believe that is the case. I believe Time Warp will be legal, but Lightning Bolt will not. Uh, so, sorry, Mike, you were going to say something. Yeah, on the on the while while those cards are banned, uh, the the cards you were mentioning are banned in Historic. On the on the plus side, uh, they are still available in Arena. You can still open them in your uh, when you're drafting and play them uh, in draft. So um, the the Arena experience mirrors tabletop in terms of hey. These 63 cards uh, from the Mystical Archive, they're they're fully available in Arena. And um, we worked really closely with the Arena team to make sure that, uh, you know, they, they could add these incredibly powerful cards to uh, Arena so everyone can enjoy them, regardless of how you play Magic. Yeah, so, and uh, uh, it's important to note... Uh, Sorry, just important no, to note that it's a, a pretty a pretty small number of these cards that aren't going to come to the historic format. Otherwise, uh, there's a a lot of spicy new things that are going to enter the format. So stay tuned for uh, for previews over the next couple of days as we talk about the Mystical Archive in particular, because uh, 
yeah, there's there's going to be some fun shakeups in historic, I think, with some of these. Uh, next couple of days, try next couple of minutes because we've still got more mystical oh. archive cards to show you. Uh, <laughs> let's, oh, hello. Let's not. We're gonna. We have an uncommon to show you, and I uh, we want to show it off so that we can talk a little bit about the uncommon slot uh, for mystical archive. Let's go ahead and put it up on the screen. Uh, this is a card that a lot of people should recognize. It's strategic planning, and this card is currently legal in standard, right, Mike? Yeah, yeah, it, uh, I was I was in fact casting it uh, last night while I was playing some arena. It is legal in in standard because uh, of of being in Kaldheim, and that that's something that all of the mystical archive uncommons uh, have in common, right? All, all of the mystical archive uncommons are uh, when strict saving comes out, they'll they'll be standard legal. Now, <clears throat> they're much like you were talking about uh, when we were introducing the mystical archive. They're because because they're on the mystical archive. That does not extend their legality um, for for cards that were in uh, older sets that are about to rotate out of standard this fall. So they're uh, they're all currently legal in standard. Uh, the uncommons, the rares and mythics, not legal in standard. They don't become legal in standard because of the printing. Um, so that's. That's really one of the big differentiations of the uncommons. Also, the uncommons do show up more often than the rares or mythic rares, like you'd expect. Uh, Doug, I also wanted to talk to you about uh, some of the really cool flavor text that are on these cards that are within the world of Strixhaven. Uh, that's a really, really cool feature. How did the creative team sort of come up with that? Yeah, we, we approached the Mystical Archive as if these are... Uh, sort of like pages ripped directly out of a tome or a scroll you might find in the Biblioplex. Like, I want to go learn how to cast the spell strategic planning. I go to the Biblioplex, I find the blue section, I guess. The, <laughs> the um, Whatever the Dewey Decimal System is for... Yeah. yeah, there's some sort of card catalog I, that floats, I think. That's probably the... the um, you, you, and then the art style is meant to evoke this kind of like illuminated manuscript style, like this is a diagram right in the grimoire that's teaching you how to cast the spell. And you're just, you know, so these Mystical Archive cards are there to uh, represent, you get the experience of going to the Biblioplex and cracking open this ancient tome. And so with the flavor text, we wanted to conjure that feel as well. So some of the flavor text has the, the, the vibe of like this marginalia like scribblings written alongside the spell inside the tome, like this one's dangerous, don't ask this if you're a uh, first year. Um, <laughs> or uh, commentary from, you know, sages or uh, academic papers that are written about these spells. Um, so it, it's really, we, we uh, figured out the, the flavor text to really contribute that feel of you're in a library, you're studying spellcraft, spells uh, studying magic and um, what are the kinds of notes and details you might see around that spell inside the, that uh, so I, I see a lot of requests in chat asking us to show the uh, the Japanese variants of these and we're not going to do that I'm going to tell you that in advance we're not going to do that because we want to make sure we leave that to our uh, amazing Japanese team to be able to, to reveal so they'll be revealing those as we continue to reveal mystical archive cards you'll be able to see uh, our Japanese team reveal those on their channels. So keep an eye out for those. Uh, that said, the Japanese uh, variants do exist, Mike. They they are out there. Mm -hmm. They're out there. They're going to be there. Uh, where can people find some of these Japanese variants? And maybe producer Sean can uh, find some graphics of the uh, ones that we revealed today, potentially. Long awesome. Yeah. Uh, so in terms of, for one, the chat's right to be excited to see the Japanese variants because... I mean, they are—they are so outstanding that just uh, uh, I, I really love them. Yeah, the, the, there's you, duress, lightning bolt, and uh, time warp that uh, we saw earlier today. So, uh, really outstanding. So, you're only ever going to see these cards with uh, the Japanese language on them. But in terms of and boosters, actually, there's uh, <clears throat> world uh, in in collector boosters. No matter the language, collector boosters um, are going to have these Japanese, uh, the Japanese variants, right? So uh, every collector booster that we print, if, if it's English, if it's Japanese, it doesn't matter the language, um, is, is always going to have 
three uh, Mystical Archive cards um, with the chance of getting a fourth. And then you also are going to get, that's where you're going to find the Japanese um, variants as well. So um, the, it'll, it'll always be a mix of the whatever language the collector booster is in, that global variant, we'll call it, and the Japanese variant. Uh, but they're, they're available there. And then uh, the other place that you can find them is in the in Japanese only draft and set boosters. Uh, the the mystical archive cards show up both in the global version uh, and in the Japanese variant. Uh, once again, 50 uh, 50 uh, in terms of you know you, you get one, but it has it's equal chance of being uh, either variant. Very similar to what we did with um, with War of the Spark. But that's that particular piece is only the Japanese language draft and set boosters. So um, ho hopefully uh, hopefully those will get out and, uh, you know, make their way to, you know, in small quantities for uh, across the world. But uh, for people who really want to get them, the, the collector booster is a place where you're always going to get at least um, one of the Japanese variants in the collector booster. Uh, so I, I do see a question that's popping up a little bit in chat, which is, will these Japanese variants be available on Magic the Gathering Arena? And the answer is yes, they will be. Uh, so this is a card style that you will be able to get on Magic the Gathering Arena for these cards. Uh, and you can look for more details on that as we continue on. There was an article that uh, went over it a little bit, I think, uh, earlier this week. Yesterday, so, I believe. Yeah. And on top of that, if you want to know more about how you can get a lot of these showcase variants, uh, where it is they show up, what's going on in the Collector Booster, Mike Turian wrote an excellent Collecting Strixhaven article that is going live on Daily MTG, I believe, today. So uh, you should be able to go check that out, read it. Uh, you can get all the incredible information that he spent so much time typing on his computer. Uh, we've shown you two cards, three including Shadrick Silverquill, but... Uh, we should show another one, and I think this is one that players are going to get pretty excited about. Let's put this next Mystical Archive preview card up on the screen. That's right. Couldn't, it couldn't is, have a Mystical Archive it, without Counterspell, right? You can't I mean, have on. a Mystical Archive without Counterspell. It's not now. Before before people get all excited about about Arena, about Magic the Gathering Arena, this is not going to be illegal in Historic. This is banned on day one. Uh, there will be no Counterspell in Historic, much to my chagrin. But my goodness, is this a gorgeous looking Counterspell? Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah. I am a huge fan of the like literal stop sign uh, approach to the art here. Just like you know, no, do not pass go. Yeah, just Sean. not gonna happen. <laughs> Thank you, Sean. Much appreciated. Yeah. Uh, if, if there was any a piece, you know, a piece of art that would really capture that feeling of yeah, nah, not gonna happen. There we go. Uh, so yeah, right, and, choice of counterspell. Let's talk about it. Well, I mean. <laughs> You know, when we were talking about channel for for green, uh, the I think one of the most iconic blue uh, spells, you know, from from day one in Magic has been has been counterspell, right? It really it really uh, captures what blue is about as a color, uh, and what blue mages love more than anything is saying no, uh, and so you know. Uh, it, it was kind of it was kind of the no-brainer of hey when we're talking about seeing the first time that these spells were cast and seeing them on illuminated uh, manuscripts uh, getting the opportunity to revisit counter spell to bring it back in the mystical archive version um, super exciting there's also uh, because the mystical archive uh, has foil etched versions in the in the collector booster you can also get this in the new foil etched treatment. It's the the same frame design. There's uh with uh, some foil etch, the foil etching, super stunning. Uh, I I I know people are going to go and uh, upgrade all their counter spells to this version as soon as they can. Uh, Doug, we we talked a little bit about creatively approaching some of uh you know some of these some of these spells, but getting to to go back and revisit iconic spells in magic like counterspell lightning bolt from this new creative lens that must have been a really cool challenge for the creative team it was really really fun um it was tons of work but it was really really rewarding um you'll see as as more of the mystical archive gets revealed you'll see that it really showcases a lot of different worlds within it so 
you're getting kind of the Arcavios, Strixhaven uh, graphical interpretation, this kind of like very stylized take on the art of sometimes very, very famous spells that are clearly not from this world. So uh, you're going to get to see um, illustrations that are kind of the, the, um, the abstract understanding of the spell from the point of view of Strixhaven scholars. So I'm really interested in seeing people's reactions to um, as the as more of the mystical, I'm not going to refer to particular cards, <laughs> but as more of the mystical yeah. archive gets revealed, uh, seeing reactions to the mystical archive interpretations of some famous and extremely powerful spells. Uh, so, you know, we've gone through three out of the four mystical archive cards we're going to show today. I do want to show you, show everyone the last one. And I will preface this by saying that this card will be legal and historic, but there's something a little bit special about it. Let's put the last card that we're going to show today up on the screen, Sean. Uh, so this is a card a called second. Abundant Harvest. Uh, it is rare in mystical archive. And uh, I would challenge chat to try to uh, try to name the set that this comes from. Uh, and we'll we'll wait a second for for our stream yeah, we'll, to catch we'll up with that. that. But I would I would challenge them to uh, tell us where this card comes from. Uh, and it yeah, doesn't we'll give, look give like anybody's coming up with any answers. So, uh, yeah, you, uh, everybody is wrong. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you right now, everybody's wrong. It is not a Strixhaven card. This yeah, card does not appear. Nice, in Strixhaven. nice try. Yeah. Nice good, try. Good Very nice try. This card. Oh, I saw. Uh, I saw somebody had it. Yeah, uh, this card is not going to be printed until Modern Horizons Two. This is a card from Modern Horizons Two, uh, that is a special. We'll say preview uh, in the Mystical Archive. Mike, why is a card from Modern Horizons Two going to be in the Mystical Archive for Strixhaven? Well, you know, I, I think that while the while we've seen some of these amazing reprints that. Uh, that we've been showing off today as part of the mystical archive, you know, we really wanted to, to capture uh, a little bit of that taste of the future, a little bit of the look into, you know, um, it's kind of like when you, you go down to the library and you're so excited about that new, uh, that new book that you put, you know, you want to be the first one to put it on hold. Uh, and, and so uh, with abundant harvest here, we just, it, we, we thought it'd be really fun to include just a single card from the future, um, and and we chose Abundant Harvest as, as a great choice. It's a, re a really great effect, uh, you know, for a single green mana to be able to basically find either a land or a non-land. Um, I, I I think it's a card people are going to have a, a a lot of fun with, and uh, so yeah, we we brought it into we brought it into the Mystical Archive treatment. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, the, the Mystical. Mystical Archive ahead, can have Chris. just one MH2 as a treat, just a, a little treat. Yeah, I, I do want to emphasize that this is the only Modern Horizons 2 card. In fact, this is the only non-reprint card that shows up in the Mystical Archive. So uh, Abundant Harvest, we can confirm this is a card that will show up in Modern Horizons 2. However, until it is printed in Modern Horizons 2, it is only legal in Legacy, Vintage, and Commander. It will not be legal in Modern. You won't be able to use it in Modern until it is printed in Modern Horizons 2. So it is not Modern legal upon release, but will become Modern legal when it is printed in Modern Horizons 2. Uh, this is a really cool thing uh, that we did for this. I'm very excited that there's opportunity to do something like this with the Mystical Archive. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of... Uh, Lot of lot of stuff going on with the mystical archive. We're gonna uh, we're gonna go ahead and rotate through some of the uh, some of the cards that we've shown today. We're gonna start with Shadrick's Silver Quill. Hopefully, uh, and we'll we'll sort of rotate through these. It's gonna take it's gonna take producer Sean a little bit. We've made him pull up a lot of yeah. graphics that we didn't know he was gonna. Spend, yeah, no, uh, yeah. Uh, produ up, producer so. Sean has been just tap dancing on all these different graphic requests that we've given him. So shout out, yeah. shout outs to Sean. Shout out to Sean for making yeah, well, this show actually happen. Uh, Abundant yeah, Harvest will be legal and historic. Yes, uh, Abundant Harvest will be legal and historic. All right, so going to cycle through these previews pretty soon here. Yeah, I'm taking a look at uh, at chat here, and yeah, if you uh, if you folks have more questions, by all means, keep them. Uh, I, I see some questions about the availability of Japanese draft and set boosters uh, outside of Japan. Uh, talk to your local retailer. Uh, honestly, like mm -hmm. talk to your local retailer. 
uh, and see if they're able to order them and able to able to if you're able to pre-order them. Uh, that's something that you should ask a retailer. So let's see here. Uh, so here's Shadrick's hey, Silver Quill. There we go. Uh, the Elder Dragon founder of Silver Quill College, and there, there's this is part of a cycle of all five dragon founders of each of the colleges. And then, of course, we showed off some mystical archive cards, starting with Channel, which is not legal and historic, but does look really cool. Uh, and then we've got uh, then we got strategic planning. Uh, once again, there, there are only three rarities for the Mystical Archive. There's Uncommon, Rare, and Mythic Rare. All the Uncommon cards are currently legal in Standard. The Rares and Mythics are not. Uh, and you get one Mystical Archive card in each draft and set booster of the set, and you can get more of them in Collector Boosters. Please take a look at the Collecting Strixhaven article that Mike Turian spent so much of his time on. Uh, next card is, of course, the Classic Counterspell. Again, not legal and historic. Uh, and there is a running uh, list of what will or will not be legal in Historic on DailyMTG.com. Uh, there will be, I think I think we've said this, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. There will be seven cards out of yeah. the uh, 63 in the Mystical Archive that will not be legal in Historic. Uh, so we've gone, uh, the, of the ones that have been revealed so far, the ones that are not legal in Historic, the two that we've shown here, Channel and Counterspell, and the ones that we've shown previous to this, uh, Demonic Tutor, Swords to Plowshares, and Lightning Bolt. And then, of course, uh, Abundant Harvest, the special preview card that shows up in the Mystical Archive from Modern Horizons 2. Uh, so those are going to be all of our preview cards uh, for the day. And uh, we're, I'm going to be continuing to look through chat for any of the any other questions that we can answer. Keep in mind, this is the first day of previews. So any questions about, can you show us this? Can you show us this? The answer is yes, but not on this show. We'll be showing you eventually through different outlets. Uh, you can check out the Where to Find Strixhaven Previews article to find out a little bit more about which of your favorite content creators and outlets will be showing you cards across this lovely preview season that we've been waiting so long for. Um, so before, before we, while we let some of the questions trickle in, uh, let's, Let's say which college we are. I think that's a fun thing to do on today. Uh, I I I've, I would definitely cho choose uh, Prismari as my college. Chris, what about you? Uh, you know, I talked about this a little bit on stream before, and I feel like my my skill set and my my occupation points towards Silverquill. But like, I really want to be with the Witherbloom kids. Like that that just seems like a fun crowd to hang with. And uh, like I said, I love I love the pests. I love uh, hanging out and. Kraken wise with uh I don't know, I, I I tend to find myself being like the least cool kid among all of the cool kids. You know, that's like the vibe that I've picked up for myself, like the one dweeb that hangs out with people way cooler than them. And I feel like that's I would fit right in with some of the Witherbloom guys, you know. Doug, what about you? Uh I, I'm I'm right there with you, Chris. Witherbloom is is my is my college. So when we were working, here's, here's a behind the scenes detail about the uh, Witherbloom. We're working on the, the design of the pests. So each college has its own token that is characteristic to the gameplay of that college. Um, the pests are Witherblooms and the goal was, hey, we, we, we uh, the Witherbloom use the essence of creatures in their spells and they consume uh, uh, creature living things to power their magic. So, a uh, principal concept illustrator, Jay Han Chu, can you please design some little bitey, jerky boys that you wouldn't mind throwing into the cauldron? You know, that like you don't feel too attached to. And mm -hmm. Jay Han was like, sure, no problem. And the, the concept art that Jay Han uh, produced was nevertheless so charming. And so enjoyable that everyone fell in love with the pests anyway. So you know, when this creature dies, gain gain a life. You're gonna be, you know, you're gonna be having a lot of pests uh, be, you know, given to the greater good of casting an awesome Witherbloom spell. Uh, but we kind of failed in our mission to make them. Um, you're happy to see them die. <laughs> so yeah, they, you know, it's, it's always a fine line, fine line to walk, right? And you know, it's. it's that's the cycle of life and death. That's just how things go in Witherbloom, you know? Well, welcome to Witherbloom. <laughs> Mike, what about you? What's your college? Uh, for me, for me, it's Silverquill. Uh, I was a communications major, and really that's that's what uh, Silverquill is all about. And it, it's so funny because just working on the set, 
um, you know, like I was saying earlier, every color pair has its own identity. And as I went, you know, through the various playtests exploring them, it's like, as soon as I played Silver Quill, I was like, oh, right. Yeah, of course. I was a communications major. Like, this is exactly me um, while I'm playing Magic. And uh, my affinity towards them just grew, uh, grew so strong, both flavorfully and through gameplay. Uh, cool uh, so we... Oh, no, go ahead, Doug. Please, 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 please. The, the cool thing about the, the sort of rearrangement of the identities of these color pairs is that your assumptions about which one is the aggressive college, which one is the controlling college, um, your guesses, if, if they're based on the guilds, your guesses are probably wrong. Um, Silver Quill will come at you. Silver Quill is closer to the, uh, you know, Mike Turian, a thing about Mike Turian, he's, he, likes, he likes to beat down. <laughs> and uh, Silver Quill fits both communications and beating down, I'll tell you that. Yeah, there's so, a, like in, in my experience, yeah, in my experience playing games against Mike, uh, there there is no Goblin Piker variant that Mike Turian won't play. And so the, uh, the Silver Quill token being like literally a flying Goblin Piker token, um, I'm, I'm not looking forward to losing a couple of games against whatever Silver Quill deck he brings to the table. So we've got some questions. Uh, thank you, chat, so much for the questions. I'll, I'll answer what I can. Obviously, there are some that, that I can't because it's preview season, and the answer is you'll find out. So if it's anything about, you know, will this be in the commander set? Will this be uh, in the set? Are we going to see this creature type? You're going to have to wait and see. I can't tell you any of that right now. I'm sorry. Uh, but I do have a few logistical questions. So first, there's a question about the Japanese Mystical Archive variants. Are there 63 Japanese Mystical Archive variants? Yes. Every single card that's in the Mystical Archive will have a Japanese alt art variant. Um, there's a question about uh, Magecraft and about Storm. Uh, somebody asked if all the Storm copies would trigger Magecraft, and you do copy the spell with Storm, so it triggers Magecraft for each of those copies. Uh, so Oops. have fun with that. Uh, let's see here. Do, 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 do. Uh, Abundant Harvest will be legal and historic. I will happily repeat that. It will be legal and historic, but that does not necessarily mean that Modern Horizons 2 is coming to Arena or that there will be other Modern Horizons 2 cards in Arena. Abundant Harvest happens to also be a part of the Mystical Archive. Mystical Archive will be on Arena. Mystical Archive, with seven exceptions, will be legal and historic. Um, a lot of people asking about the legality of, uh, of cards in historic. None of the people that are on the stream, unfortunately, work on Magic the Gathering Arena or work on legality for historic. We don't work on that. So uh, unfortunately, I don't have any answers for you about the spec specifications for that or what the uh, decision process was. Uh, we're just here to talk to you about Strixhaven. So uh, if you do have questions, I'd invite you to tune into a future stream where we might have Magic the Gathering Arena devs on here so that you can ask your questions. Uh, but this is not the correct group to address any of those uh, particular balance or banning questions about historic. Uh, I could give answers, but they would probably be very wrong and not terribly fun. Uh, and uh, they would definitely <laughs> get me yelled at. <laughs> so uh, when when can we expect to see the rest of the Elder Dragons uh, during preview season? The uh, Ward, here's a question about Ward. People saw Ward for the first time today, Mike Turian. Uh, what is the deal with Ward? It is a ability that we've actually seen previously in Magic, but it hasn't been keyworded. What was the reason to bring it on as a keyword in Strixhaven? You know, one of the things we're always looking to do is say, hey, what are abilities that, you know, deserve sort of, I'll, I'll say, promotion or elevation into this status of, of being keyword, of, of things that we see um, going on and on. You know, for a long time, we had Shroud, and then Shroud became uh, Hexproof as sort of, uh, I mean, Shroud still exists, and, and Hexproof uh, does as well. But one of the things that was really frustrating about Hexproof was just that lack of interaction and magic so often is a game about interaction so uh one of the things we were excited about ward is it it offers protection but without that sort of you know full-on no there's no interaction you can't use your spells there's just um you know a ward it's it's not it's not unbreakable but it, it does represent protection uh, and so because of that, we, we thought it deserved uh, elevation into that keyword status. And, and I look forward to seeing it in, in Magic for quite a long time. 
Yeah, just uh, uh, another couple of quick notes there on Ward, actually. So uh, Ward is discussed in the mechanics article that's going live on Daily MTG today. Um, you're going to see Ward costs that aren't just mana costs, sort of in the same way that you might have seen that ability worded before. Um, and stay tuned early next week. We have some folks from the Magic Design team on uh, that are going to sort of talk about the design process for how Ward came to be what it was. Uh, that article is going to go up on Daily MTG next week. So there'll be a nice deep dive from the folks who were right there making the set and making the cards talking about Ward. So uh, if you're looking for more, just stay tuned. Uh, so mystical archive questions. Again, there will be one mystical archive card per draft booster and per set booster, and that will not replace your regular rare or mythic. It will be an addition to uh, any other, uh, the, the regular 14 card pack that you'll get. This is a 15th, I believe a 15th card, right? Right, Mike, in the pack with, uh, yeah. that is a mystical archive card? Yes, there's no, uh, you don't, there's no land slot in the Strixhaven uh, draft booster. So in the Strixhaven draft booster specifically, um, instead of getting a land, you get a, a mystical archive card. Um, the, the, the set booster actually still has a land slot, um, and so the, there was just a different replacement there. Uh, and both in the draft and the set booster, you have the chance of getting a uh, an additional Mystical Archive foil card um, in addition to the one guaranteed uh, regular. Okay, still still uh, still trying to answer questions. By the way, uh, get going through trying to get the ones that we can we can answer. Uh, sorry, continue, Mike. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, like you've called out a couple of times, uh, my collecting Strixhaven article is up on uh, Daily MTG. It has tons and tons of details around the Mystical Archive and where to find them. Um, it talks about different percentages uh, that, you know, you, you should be expecting to open them. Um, the the foil etch treatment, there is there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot going on with the Mystical Archive. It's super exciting. Uh, and so uh, I, I made sure to try to detail that out as much as possible uh, for people who are looking for every single detail. Uh, somebody's looking for more information about modal double-faced cards in this set, Mike. And they asked if uh, Will and Rowan are the only modal double-faced card in the set. Uh, Will and Rowan uh, are not the only double-faced uh, <clears throat> cards in the set. Um, it's very similar to what we did in Kaldheim. There's uh, rare and mythic uh, double-faced cards uh, in the set, um, none at lower rarities. So uh, you, you'll still find a handful um, at rare and mythic rare uh, because, you know, it, it's just, you know, I, I'm super excited. Even though we can't talk about uh, some of the cards we're going to be showing off uh, later this week into next week, um, there, there's just some, both some great cards and, uh, a way to capture uh, great resonance of those individual designs. So I, I, I'm excited that we kept uh, kept rare and mythic rare double face cards. Yeah, uh, if you didn't see Mark Rosewater's teasers for the set, uh, there he he mentioned that there is a combination of uh, card types on some of the modal double face cards in this set that we haven't done before. So those are going to be super exciting, and I'm looking forward to sharing all those with everybody. Uh, so a lot of these, so we are we are out of time at this point, uh, and I would love to answer more of these questions. Thank you all so much for your great questions. Uh, I'd love to answer them live. However, uh, many of them can be answered by the articles that are live now on Daily MTG. So the Collecting Strixhaven article will give you everything you need to know about, you know, where Mystical Archive cards show up, uh, how often they show up in uh, collector boosters, and in what format you can get them, whether it's etched, uh, foil etched, foil, or regular. Uh, lots of different information that's out there. I'd encourage you to head over to Daily MTG and check out those particular uh, particular articles. Also, I don't know if you heard, but Magic the Gathering Arena is now out on mobile. Uh, it's out on iOS, so oh. uh, you can download yeah. that from the, from the Apple App Store, if you would like, uh, onto your iPhone or iPad. So... Uh, we're just getting started also for Strixhaven previews. I mean, there's a lot coming that we would love to be able to talk about that unfortunately we can't. But uh, hopefully this gives you enough of a taste to get really excited for the things that you're going to see in the days to come. Uh, we'll be back, in fact, next week, Chris and I, to preview a few more Strixhaven cards on our April 1 show. No fooling. Uh, there will be no April Fool's joke on no that jokes. show. So it'll be, no it'll be all no actual jokes. preview cards. And I can say that now so that when it gets to that point, we won't. We hopefully won't get a ton of questions about like, oh, are these real cards? Because they will be real cards. Um, 
but it will be our show will be on April 1st, unfortunately, to my chagrin. Uh, however, I really want to thank Doug and Mike for being here today, uh, taking time out of your day to come hang out with us and talk about Strixhaven. Thank you both so very much for being here. Uh, you work so hard on the set, and it's great to see your work come to fruition and to let you finally talk about all the stuff that you've been working on. Yeah, and I'm now. I'm, yeah, exactly. I'm looking forward to seeing you come out. I'm excited to be able to play it on mobile now. Right, that's uh, it's really exciting. That's going to do it for us today on Weekly MTG Post Show. Thank you all for joining us. Hopefully we were able to give you a little more information, answer a few more of your questions. And again, if you have unanswered questions, please check out the articles on Daily MTG that just went up. Hopefully they'll answer quite a few of them. Thank you all so much for being here, and we will see you next week.